Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. We're very glad to be with you again, broadcasting just fresh thoughts from God's heart. And we are very excited to have our guest with us today, Pastor Sue Haas. And he's been on in the past, and we're really blessed to have him back again with us. And uh, we're just continuing this theme on the end days. And as you look around, as you listen to the radio, internet, television, smoke signals, people's faces, uh, definitely something's going on uh, that is uh, confusing to some uh, and scary for some others, but exciting for the believer. Because when we know uh, our future written in Revelations, then it really gives us a purpose and a mission for today. So great to have Pastor Suhas today with you, with us. Thank you, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Pastor Jason. Thank you for having me over. Yeah, I remember the last time you uh, you were with us, we had so many hits, you know, it blew, blew it up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, go for whatever's on your heart. I know you've been studying about the end times. Uh, do you know when Christ is going to come back, Pastor Suhas? Absolutely. Just before the church is raptured. <laughs> oh, okay. You had me, you had me nervous there. But I'm like, it's a Harold camping. Like, give, me, give me a date here. Okay. No, I mean, uh, yeah, go for it. So whatever's on your heart. Yeah, I was thinking about the last days and one of the verses that comes to my mind is Revelation chapter 1 verse 19 where it says, uh, John writes this, he says, Therefore I write these things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which shall be. So in this actually verse, he actually covers three three ages. First, when he says things that has been or things that have seen, it's the past, which he has already seen being with Jesus Christ. Then he says things which are, which are the present, Revelation chapter 2 and verse 3, and chapter 3, which is the church age. And then finally it says things which shall be hereafter, actually says. It says, and that means, it means about the most of the book of prophecy, which begins in Revelation chapter 4 to Revelation chapter 22. And uh, the devil does not know much about prophecy. Only God knows the future. Isaiah chapter 46 verses 9 and 10 says this. Remember the former things long past. For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no other like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times things which have not been done saying my purpose will be established and i will accomplish all of god's pleasure mm. okay one of the one of the ways we know the bible is inspired inerrant infallible word of god and because it fulfills all the prophecies which are written in the bible there are actually seven points when we think about the last days one of the things is for the first point i would say is the rapture of the church and the departure of the saints Revelation chapter 1, chapter 4 and verse 1 says, After these things, John says, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven and the first voice which I had heard like the sound of a trumpet speaking to me said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after these things. One thing you got to keep in mind after Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, chapter 4 begins which means these are things which are after. The church has already been raptured and there is no mention of the word church after this chapter. 
Revelation chapter 4 verse 1 says, it says this, the church at the end after this, of the church age, a voice like a trumpet will call upon all believers. First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16 and 18 says this. We all love this verse. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Mm. Then verse 17 says, Then we who are alive remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. The rapture will take place at any moment. We are not looking for any sign or a prophecy to be fulfilled before Jesus returns to his church. He's coming like a thief in the night, the word of God says. Then the second point that we have is the rise of the beast and the deceptions of the devil. The church is the salt of the earth. Salt preserves, heals and restrains. Once the church is gone, corruption will set in. Leading the corruption will be the beast, the man of sin, the Antichrist. Revelation chapter 13 and verses 1 to 3 talk about it. The dragon stood on the sand of the seashore. Then I saw a beast coming up out of the sea, having ten horns and seven heads on his horns, were ten diadems and on his heads were blasphemous names. And the beast which I saw was like a leopard, and his feet were like those of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his throne and great authority. As we go forward, it says, Antichrist is the counterfeit of Christ, Jesus Christ, in the coming in, the, in, in coming into this world. No one will be able to buy or sell anything unless they have this mark on his of mark of the beast. Then the third point we have the great tribulation and the devastation of the earth. Revelation chapter 6 verses 12 to 17 talk about it. It says, I looked when he broke the sixth seal and there was a great earthquake and the sun became as black sackcloth made of hair mm. and the whole moon became like blood. And the stars of sky fell on the earth as a fig tree casts its unripe figs were shaken by a great wind. Verse 14 says the sky was split apart like a scroll when it is scrolled up and every mountain and island were moved out of these places. Then the kings of the earth and the great men and the commanders and the rich and the strong and every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Verse 17, From the great day of the wrath has come, and who is able to stand? In the great tribulation, not only will Antichrist be in power and sway the nation, but God will also pour out his wrath upon this world. Man will desire to die, but death will not flee from them. They will have to suffer. The fourth point we have is Armageddon and the defeat of the beast and his armies. The tribulation will last for seven years. The last three and a half years will be most horrifying. The great tribulation will end with the battle of Armageddon. Revelation chapter 16 verses 13 to 16 says this, And I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the prophet three unclean spirits like frogs. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the whole world 
to gather them together for the war of the great day of God, the Almighty. Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes, so that he will not walk about naked, and men will not see his shame. And they gathered them together to the place which is in Hebrew called as Armageddon. Demon spirits will draw the world leaders to this place. Revelation 19 and verses 11 to 16 also speak about the same thing. And it says, And I saw the heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it called Faithful and True, and his righteousness he judged and waged war. His eyes are flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written on him, which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clear, were following them on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations and will rule them with a rod of iron. And he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty. Mm -hmm. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now, this is Jesus. Jesus comes not only at the rapture, at the revelation, in the, not in the power and in glory. Antichrist's armies are defeated and the great tribulation will end. Jesus will fight with one weapon. It clearly says the sword in his mouth, which is the word of God. In the God, it, then, then the fifth point is this. The millennial reign of peace and the dominion of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 20 verses 1 to 6 says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of Abyss, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of the old, who is devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he threw him into the Abyss, and shut it, and sealed it over him, so that he would not deceive the nations any longer, until thousand years were completed. After these things, he must be released for a short time. You know, the application we have is Jesus Christ will reign on the earth for thousand years with us, with the church. This will be a peaceful time. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 14 says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God, mm -hmm. as the waters cover the sea. There will be peace in all the world when Jesus comes. There will be no war and no disease. The point six, we have the final judgment and the doom of the lost. Revelation 20 verses 11 to 15 says this. Then I saw a great wine throne and him who sat on it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small standing before the throne. And books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged for the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the sea dead which were in it, and the death and the Hades gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every one of them according to this deeds. Verse 14 says, Then the death and the Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. 
Remember, that is why it's important that we evangelize. We talk to people, we talk to neighbors, we talk to office goers and everyone in our neighborhood. The reason is this, because when they do not, when they will not be able to perceive Christ as a savior, they will not be inheriting heaven. At the same time, they will not be able to rule with Christ for a thousand years. The millennial ends with the final judgment. There will be a time every unsaved person will stand before the great white throne. Jesus Christ will be the judge. Judgment comes at the end because the wages of sin has not been paid and there will be no shows of eternity for people who have not put their trust in Christ. Then the final point, the final state and the destiny of mankind. Revelation chapter 21 verses 6 to 8. Then he said to John, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. He who overcomes will inherit these things and I will be his God and he will be my son. But for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and adult adulterators and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. When God created us in his image, he created us as a living soul. We can never cease to exist. Our soul will be in existence somewhere either in heaven or either in hell. The one who believes in Christ will be in existence with Christ in heaven and the one who doesn't believe will be in existence in hell. You have, you and I have a life to live, a death to die, a judgment to face and eternity to endure. We must be born again to miss hell and reach heaven. So share this message to every person you know because we have to face God one day. Amen. Mm. Thank you, Pastor Suhas. That was, uh, that was a very concise and clear way through the book of Revelations. And as you were talking, we, we know that it's not in chronological order. So you helped us just with understanding the, the time frames and the chapters. And just want to reiterate, because the rapture is such an exciting part of our future where uh, God is going to take us up. And I, I was thinking of two verses, um, uh, 1 Thessalonians 1.10 and 5.9 mm -hmm. literally says that the church, the people of God, will not endure the wrath of God. So isn't that amazing that Jesus took all that wrath, he took all of that sin in Psalm 22 on the cross so that we would not be the recipients of wrath. Um, and, and this is what's exciting because some people believe that the church will be raptured at the beginning of the tribulation. Some believe that it's going to be raptured in the middle of the tribulation. And some people believe that the church will be raptured at the end of the tribulation. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I, I think you clearly, uh, you know, gave God's mind on it. But just for reiteration that this is really our hope. God's coming to get his people. It is very funny you ask this question because last week we were on an outreach with Pastor Shaler and we were in Queenstown and I met a Muslim gentleman named Muhammad and he, I, when I told him the story, I asked him, would you ever put your, he, and I was sharing the gospel with him and I asked him, Muhammad, would you ever put your child, which he, which he was holding in his hand, in, in fire? 
And he said, no, I love my son. Why should I ever put him in fire? I said, that's the answer. If, if we trust in Jesus Christ and we put our trust in Jesus Christ, would Jesus ever let us suffer through the tribulation? He would never put us through the fire because if you read the book of, if you read Revelation chapter 15, and if you see all the bowls and all those things that are happening, there's a devastation on planet Earth. He would never want us to go through this. In fact, we will be in heaven and maybe we get a chance to watch all these things, what's, happen, what's happening on Earth. So as coming back to your question, no, we the church has to be raptured before tribulation sets in. Mm-hmm. And the Bible clearly says there's a first three and a half years. Antichrist will be a peace-loving person that people will love him, worship him. And then the next three and a half years, there will be devastation all around the world. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's interesting. I love that analogy that as fathers, it's like we would never want our kids or our loved ones to suffer in any way. Um, but, but when you look at the church, I mean, God gave himself for the church in mm-hmm. Ephesians 5.25. So it would be almost... Uh, it would go against everything that he did to allow the church to suffer. Uh, now, there's a season called the time of sorrows that we see in Daniel 9.27, where uh, we will feel the heat of judgment, but we will not be the recipients of judgment. And I think we're in that season now as things escalate and uh, even the weather uh the the physical earth itself is shaking and and uh, the it's so much more violence if we were to just take a look at just how things are moving in such an intense way but uh, again even that word tribulation means Jacob's trouble i mean it's literally uh, exacted on the unbelieving Jew that rejected god and so as a believer when we talk about the rapture you quoted First Thessalonians four sixteen through eighteen. Uh, this is this whole book of Thessalonians was uh, looked at uh, or focused on the Thessalonians who thought they missed the rapture. And over and over, he says, "Comfort yourself with these words. Comfort yourself with these words." And you know, you know, even in Noah's day, people were eating and drinking and with no understanding of what was coming. So, as believers, we have a great message and. Uh, you know, we have a great message of hope to say, listen, uh, just like the ark of God, God has a place for you. And when that door is closed, no one can open it. And we think, I love to think of the ark, Noah's ark, and just how that is such a uh, example of rapture and the escape of tribulation. Uh, any comments on that? Just anything you want to say? Yeah, see, um, the first thing is when you talk about tribulation, you know, the Bible says, Jesus says, in this world you'll have tribulation, but you be of good cheer. This is what it says. But when it comes to the, the tribulation that the book of Revelation talks about, it doesn't say tribulation. It says the great tribulation, mm-hmm. which means someone, you know, we have not seen something like that could happen. It's all like, you know, it is going to be actually so strong that one third of the population would just be destroyed, just be gone from the face of the earth. We have never seen something like that. Of course, we do have glimpses of tribulations right now and these times that we are living in, like famines or earthquakes or disasters or kind of pestilences that we see. But there are six things that Matthew chapter 24 talks about. 
but uh, what we are we, what we are going through right now is the small small tribulations that we go through and this is just the beginning of the ends or maybe we are at the end of the end mm-hmm. and after this the church will be raptured and then the great tribulation will start yeah you, you and just think about the parallel time frame of the church where in revelations 4 we'll get our crowns there'll be the bema seat which is that judgment will where the believer will be rewarded for their obedience. No sin will be mentioned. In contrast to the white throne for the unbeliever, as you said, uh, will stand before God and God will de- say, depart from me, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. Very two different judgments. But, but but think about like the marriage supper of the lamb. Like while the tribulation is happening, we'll be feasting with God and casting our crowns uh, at his feet. But but think of the, uh, you know, you mentioned this earlier in Revelation six two, the Antichrist will establish a false peace, and then in Revelations eight one, there's a great silence in heaven, because now that the Antichrist has deceived the world, he will demand worship, and then you start to really see Revelations nine demons are actually tor- torturing the people of the earth, a third of the population is destroyed, vegetation is destroyed, the sun will uh, have great boils on people's backs. There'll be a nuclear, something, a nuclear fallout. Mm -hmm. There is uh, stars falling. I mean, this is right out of something fantastic. But again, we don't want to scare people. But the Bible is so clear that the church was uh, not made to suffer. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus, and if you read Psalm 22, and I know you have, Jesus' suffering was excruciating. It's, historians believe he had 40 different fevers. He had, 39, uh, he had 39 lashings from the whip. One more he would have died. Um, there was a great scourging, the nails. The Romans really knew how to do it, uh, to, to pierce the nail through the wrist, actually mm-hmm. that bone, so that you know, because the hand would have ripped apart, but Jesus was literally deformed. It says in Isaiah 53 that you could not even discern that he was a man. Mm -hmm. So like that shame, that judgment, that pain was uh, for us. And we're eternally thankful that we would never endure that kind of pain. And this is really a message of hope because uh, you know, God is not appointed us to wrath, but he appointed his son for wrath. Uh, any more thoughts? We could go on a long time about this, but what would you say? How could you present this to an unbeliever in a in a hopeful way? You know, because Revelation is so encouraging. You know, talks. You know, because think about it. You mentioned hell, right? The second death. Mm. Someone dies physically. Now they die spiritually, right? Mm. And hell's mentioned 222 times in the Bible, where heaven is mentioned 88 times. So heaven. That that dimension, that new heaven and new earth, the new Jerusalem, there's so much uh, that we see that could say, hey, listen, if you believe, you, uh, you will be with Christ forever. You don't believe, you lose everything, and you're separated from God forever. And I think that's what makes hell, hell, Christ is not there. Uh, so much we could say. Any, any thoughts that you have, Pastor? I would, I, actually, I think sometimes when we talk to unbelievers, uh, because I have done this and um, people actually get confused about the tribulation period. I have also had friends 
and uh, colleagues in my office places and also people on the street, actually, they have even gone to this extent to tell me that I would love to be a part of the tribulation period to find whether this is all true. Huh. And the answer to this is this. You know what? The answer to this is this, because some people say, uh, someone said this, if, the, if they could not understand the love of God, which was on the cross, they will not understand the wrath of God, which is going to come on. So if they cannot, if they cannot understand the love of God and give their lives to Christ and become a believer, how in the first place they would understand the wrath of God and they would come to Christ? Because it says in Revelation, you know, after when they see the wrath in the great tribulation, they in fact curse God. Yes. They are cursing God. That is why it is so important. Sometimes you got to be wise enough to what you share when you're talking on the street corners or family or friends. So share the simple gospel. He said, just tell them this, that you know what? We all are sinners. They really do not need to know about the great tribulation because that, that kind of puts some kind of fear in them. Just tell them that we are sinners and Christ came and died for our sins. No other person on the face of this earth uh, was ready for us not even our dads could actually go on the cross and ask for forgiveness for our sake. Because why? Because they are sinners and we are sinners. Mm. That's why we required a sinful savior who was only Jesus Christ, who could die for us and then purchase us with his precious blood. It says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22, without shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Mm. Someone had to pay for my sins and it was only going to, going to be through the blood. That is why we sing the, fa the famous song, right? My sins are washed away because of his precious blood. And if I'm not washed, if I'm not cleansed, how will I inherit heaven? Or how will I inherit the kingdom of God? And you know what, Pastor? You know, you reminded me as you were saying that God wishes that none should perish, but all mm -hmm. come into a saving mm -hmm. knowledge of Christ. Throughout the tribulation, there, there will be... Uh, demonstrations for people to respond to salvation. I mean, think of it. There'll be angels preaching. Mm -hmm. There will be the two witnesses preaching. They'll actually be murdered and resurrected. Mm -hmm. uh, they, think about angels preaching. Think about after the rapture happens, how, how much, and the Holy Spirit is removed, how many people will remember maybe words that were said by uh, born-again believers, and they're like, wow, they were right. I mean, the New Age movement has this whole idea today, Mother Earth has to purge herself from the bad people. So there'll be always that twisted parallel thought, but how many people will respond and say, my grandmother, my father, my mother, my brother, my sister, they, you know, they will find Bibles. And the tribulation saints will, uh, they'll go through uh, horrific, but they'll also be saved. Um, the 144,000, right? Mm -hmm. They they will go into all corners of the earth, evangelize the whole earth, and they'll all perish. Uh, but think about God and his judgment is still acting in mercy. Amen. And, and really, it's not too late until he comes back at the second coming. And that's going to be amazing. You, you read it, Revelations 19. We're, we're going to be there with him, with the armies of God. And uh, that sword, that, that's a that's a powerful, powerful thought there. And what I want to say is um, 
what whatever is going to happen like in the great tribulation period or even what things are happening now with the knowledge increasing i mean everything that happens on this earth today they say it takes only 18 seconds for something to happen in one part of the earth to reach the other part of the earth that's how fast everything follows so which means when these things are happening you know the two witnesses will be murdered media television you know maybe bbc maybe cnn will live telecast these things for people to see it and it's not going to be a lie think like this okay take 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 ourselves like centuries back how will the whole world see this that is what john writes it couldn't have happened so many years ago it had to happen in times like this where people can watch it on media mm-hmm. you know even if i want to go a little further john writes the army that will come and fight against jesus christ do you know what was the number that john gave he says it is 200 million soldiers coming to fight against it mm. when john was writing this in ad 90 or anything between ad 65 to ad 90 which when did they ever have a population of 200 million people they did not even have that mm. but today if you actually notice there is one country who has the power of that that kind of military they have 200 million soldiers will come and fight yeah so it's so clear that we are living actually in the last hour of this unfolding plan of god you know it's amazing that army actually the chinese and the russians actually there'll be two armies i think but that silk road that was created is exactly the way that they'll approach Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And God, you know, God will say just like he did in the uh the 6-day war. Remember that mm-hmm. where God again protects his people. And 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 there were the the different uh, Arab nations so they saw angels of fire and angels of chariots of fire. And this this is a good point to kind of reiterate is that uh Proverbs 131 that he that is hearing God will be safe from the fear of evil. So, it's not something to fear. But let's take as many people with us as possible, right? Amen. Like you said, share your faith. Ask the questions, "Hey, are you ready to meet God?" Uh even if someone someone doesn't we could say this in a kind of a funny way, if I am wrong, you lose nothing. But if I am right and you don't believe, you lose everything, right? and, and uh, anyway cl- closing comments i uh, like i i like i like, I, w- i always say these things as um, when we are on street corners when we are sharing our faith we can lose an argument but we cannot lose the conversation or that soul so that that, that soul will go to hell forever we rather lose the argument and present the gospel clearly so that that person can get saved we have to be so composed <laughs> that we cannot lose heart mm-hmm. we should not lose our mind we can get angry too because there are times when people can say wrong things mm-hmm. but even remember this even being calm and cool in the times like this you can show your christian behavior and sometimes maybe they do not get the gospel that time like i have i have seen that because sometimes you share the gospel at that very moment and you expect that the person should believe in christ that moment great they should we would love that but maybe that time is not right for him mm-hmm. but right now we are living in shortage of time shortness of time people should believe the gospel as soon as we share because they do not have much time they know nothing about the future so i would say go and win the lost share the gospel to as many people as you can like we have 
teams going out from here every Saturday mornings, Tuesdays, Thursdays. We are trying to evangelize every person that we can, we can go. Like Pastor Shala said in today's message, if you ever heard, he said, you know what, if you cannot do something right here where you are at, you will not be able to do something far off on the other ends of the earth. So we are, we are the salt, we are the light. Mm -hmm. We should be shining the light and we should bring taste to the world. Amen. Amen. And you know, maybe we could just take, we could say this too. Maybe, maybe you're wondering how to, how to present the gospel or I don't have all the answers. I mean, that's not the issue. If you pray and say, God, give me someone to talk to, like I love what you just said. We're not saving people. We're just presenting who mm -hmm. Christ is. He does the saving. So if you pray and, and just say, God, today give me something or someone to share the gospel with, uh, and maybe you're watering the seed. Like you said, maybe the person's not going to say, oh, you know, what must I do to be saved? We'd love that in Acts 4.12, right? Mm -hmm. But instead, I'm going to demonstrate the gospel, right? Mm -hmm. Like you said, we're not going to lose our cool. And if we start to, remember, people are watching the gospel before they are understanding the gospel. So your life is a demonstration of the gospel. So, boy, we could keep going. We actually got to wrap this up. But thank you so much, Pastor Suhas. You were like... Uh, that was a great thought on Revelations. Thank you, Pastor Jason. It was a privilege being with you all the time, every time. Amen. Okay. God bless you. Drop us a line. We'd love to uh, know your thoughts on this cast. God bless. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Your feedback is always welcome.